Hello, everybody. This is Music Seeds, the music that made us. And I'm your host, Johnny. Hope everyone is doing well out there. This is part four, and the final part of the conversation with Mr. Jeremy McCree and Mr. Jack Miller. When it comes to this last part, we talk about some live shows that we um, are looking forward to seeing and some past ones that we have saw. But we kind of delve off into some other subjects while we are talking, which is something we always do. We talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and a certain performance. When artists have fun at their shows, my shows that I went to over the summer, which I will be getting in detail about at the end of this episode. Um, we also kind of dive down a little bit the Taylor Hawkins tribute, which is actually going to be coming out here on September 27th. Also, the James Gang tribute that happened over the summer. A little discussion about my new favorite band, What Leg, Muse, the Natural Born Killer soundtrack, and much, much more. Uh, stay tuned. After the episode, I'll be discussing my summer shows I've been to and the show I went to the other night that has just blown my mind how many times I've seen these guys and they continue to amaze me. So stay tuned afterwards. Plus you'll get the information on how to get a hold of me through various social media outlets. I do thank you for listening. Please hit subscribe at the bottom of the podcast. And here we go. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. I was going to bring it back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the, and the, uh, the super jams they used to do at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that always sticks out to me is when they did, I think Tom Petty was there, Springsteen was there, and it was, a, I, mean, I think some of them were just presenting, and everything, but it was this phenomenal uh, group of artists right there, and they were doing... As my guitar gently weeps. Wow, my guitar. That would have been amazing. Well, excuse me. While wow, my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. And Prince came out to do the solo, and blew the place away because mm-hmm. even everybody who was standing on the stage couldn't believe what they were witnessing yeah. because he took over that song, not in a, not in an egotistical way. He just played because because Prince was just a phenomenal artist, mm-hmm. and everybody standing around watching this was even. I think Tom. I think Tom Petty made mention of it. Um, about how that was, even for him, that was a uh, unbelievable onstage yes. moment because mm-hmm. he was just that good. Yeah. You know? And that's one thing that, you know, you, there's these artists that are so huge and so amazing, like to me, like the Jack White, like you don't realize that they're a great musician also. Exactly. And that was that same, that was that situation with Prince. It's like, holy crap, that's right. He makes, he plays every instrument on his own. Unless you see him live, which I was fortunate to see him before for his passing. When did you see him? Which one? Oh God, it was the greatest hits tour that he when he yeah. when he announced like, I'm going to play all my hits and this is going to be the last time I do that. And Shailene and I, my wife Shailene and I, said whatever it costs, we got to see this. We never got to see him. We got to mm-hmm. see Prince. And we always talk, go back to talking about that. It's one of the ones that we were glad that we did because it was an amazing show. And he played all these things he played the instruments and he did all the songs and there was even a time where he uh the lights go down and then the lights came back up and it was just prince on a stool and an acoustic guitar 
And he started playing. We were talking earlier about bands or people singing along with the, the artist. Yeah. He's sitting there with an acoustic guitar and he starts playing whatever, Alphabet Street. And all of a sudden the, the crowd starts singing. And he smiles and he keeps playing for a few minutes. And he stops and he's like, okay. And he starts playing something else. And the, and the crowd starts singing along. He's like, okay, I'm not afraid of you. Let's do this. And he starts, and he did like four or five songs like that where the crowd would start singing. He just kind of got into the playing with that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fun because you could see he was having fun. Yes. Knowing that these the, the, the crowd was singing his songs back to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so he got a little bit of acoustic there and he got a little bit of Prince. And then the funniest thing about that show is at the end... He's doing some big bombastic song. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but um, he's he looks down. And he pulls somebody off out of the out of the crowd onto the stage, and then next thing you know, he pulls another person on, on stage. He starts pulling people on random people on stage. Next thing you know, the the crowd the stage is crowded with these random people while the band is playing. And next thing you look around, you're like, where the hell did Prince go? <laughs> yeah. the band's still playing and you know, all of a sudden but all you see is a bunch of people that became like Prince's dance party yeah, uh, but he wasn't awesome. there <laughs> so it was wow. it was pretty funny it was so it was so Prince of him because he was an odd character mm-hmm. um, if anybody ever ever heard Jimmy Fallon's ping pong Prince story mm-hmm. I highly recommend you go onto YouTube and look for it because it's hilarious mm-hmm. and just spoke to Prince's eccentricity, yes. and that's that's and that's what he got when you saw him live. And he, but he was so talented that even you know, even if you speak of it, people don't really know unless you saw, witnessed it live. I don't yeah. think you appreciate. He it. was one of the best live acts that was ever out there. Absolutely, like, like Tom Petty, and you know, there's like these artists now that you know we were fortunate enough to see, and you know, it's sad because they still had so many years ahead of them, and fortunately, you know, because of whatever circumstances. They won't be able to, you know, perform anymore. So well, I was fortunate to see. Go see I, got, I was fortunate to see Ozzy during the Madman tour and got to see Randy Rose before he passed away. So that's what I'm saying. It's like go see these bands before because you may not have a next time. Right. You know, and what's hard is this year because there's so many people touring. You're like, Everybody's please give me a break for COVID. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate that you know that people feel like they have to get out there. Yeah. You know, and uh, make but, up for their, their time lost. But next year and the year after that, we'll see in these bands, and it'll be. That's what I'm saying. Go see live music is where it's at, man. When you can see a really great live show. It makes your day, your week, sometimes even your year, you know, depending on who that artist is. When I saw, I only, unfortunately, I only got to see Rush once in my lifetime, which is disappointing because I'm a mm-hmm. huge Rush fan. But for whatever reason, I only got to see them once. Mm-hmm. And it took me, literally, it took me three days to recover from Neil Peart's drum solo. Mm-hmm. Because every time I thought about it after seeing it, I got chills. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, and I can't think of anybody, any other band or, you know, experience that was quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that speaks to, like yeah. you said, how live music can affect you. Yeah, my number one show this year, and I'm going back back to a broken record at this point, was Jack White. I've been to nine or ten shows this year, and that one to me, I still come back to because I was just—he was like ten feet away from me though too, and like at eye level, I was—I had—I was really lucky to get the seats I got. But it was one of my bucket list and everything. But when somebody can just take everything around you and just you focusing on that moment, it's one of these great things, you know. And that's why I'm looking really forward to seeing the Killers this month because I'm really one. I didn't. I know they're going to put on a great live show. And then seeing my bookend for this year, and that's you know Pearl Jam, just because this is the end of their 2022 tour is the Denver show. It's going to be pretty epic. I have a good feeling. So I had tickets for Foo Fighters and the show was supposed to be oh, the other yes. night. Yeah, that, was just, oh, yeah. that was disappointing. Um, 
and another, another great loss to, to music in general. And we talk about this, maybe we can just chat real quick about it. Uh, what do you guys think of what's going to happen now? Because Dave Grohl is prolific as well. He has several bands. Yep. And he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. And the <laughs> fact that Taylor Hawkins was always the drummer for Foo Fighters, yep. do you think he will continue on as the Foo Fighters, or do you think he'll create another entity? I have multiple thoughts on this, okay? And we talk about it actually in the podcast I just released this past week, which would be episode 51. So this could be episode 55 or 56 <laughs> at this point. My thoughts are just, he had multiple things getting planned out before this thing happened with Taylor. The rumor was, is that Josh Holm and um, bass player for Led Zeppelin. John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones. Oh, all of them were going to do another album together. Them, them which I was like, yes, you know, because I love that album so much. And so that was the rumor that he wanted to go back and do another album with them because, you know, John's getting up there, you know, and, sure. you know, and, but John loved, John loved it so much that he was the one that kind of initiated again. Cause I think, I think Dave was like, Oh wow. You know, yeah, let's do another album, you know, cause John can do whatever the hell he wants. So that was one thing. And then I'm like, dude, the guy who knows how many documentaries he has in him, you know, he had released what, you know, last year or the year before two documentaries in the same year, the one about the touring van and then the one we he did with his mom. Correct. He, he makes great documentaries. He just released his second book right before, during this whole situation, so he didn't get to go out and publicize it because he released a book earlier this year and then the second one. I think that could be a possibility. There's so many people that want to work with him. You know, he's been he did he did his first show in front of an audience with, with uh, Paul McCartney in Hyde Park. That was like a month ago. I think didn't he play for the uh, Hawkins tribute show as well? That was the first yes. time he came out since. Which yes, it. And I don't want to. I'm not trying to um, make any statement about what he should do or shouldn't do because he has the right to do whatever he wants to do. If he, yeah. if he disbands Food Fighters because he, he can do a solo thing, he can do a solo thing, or he can he can take the same players and call it something different. He has the right yeah. to do whatever he wants. He's earned that. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you know uh, he, he is so prolific, like, he's, like we were just saying, he has all these different projects. He can do. So many things. Mm-hmm. Um, only, but there's some people out there who only know the Foo Fighters. How yeah. some people don't even know who he is in the, the grand scheme of music. Yeah. You know, they don't know that he made, you know, songs for the deaf from. Um, <laughs> I want to say rated R, which that's not them. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Him, him being the drummer on the album made that album. Or he did, you know, Probot. And Probot, exactly. The mm-hmm. entire Probot album is one of the best metal albums to come out. In right. The and then the same, and then Crooked Vultures with John Paul Jones and Josh Holm. And, you know, so. What he's doing this week is very interesting. And I wanted to let you guys know about this is that he's performing at the James Gang tribute concert. That's correct. I did oh. see that. With yes. A shit ton of bands. Right. But, but he's because, playing with uh, the actual original James Gang as yes. well. So that'd be interesting. But it's because the city where they came from, the James Gang, is throwing the the show so like the list of people it's like really obscure it's like nine inch nails the breeders like it's because ohio must be they must have been from ohio then i guess that would make sense because i think it's where trent's like that's where that band's from but the list was amazing and then you saw dave Grohl on there too and i was like wow you're talking about eclectic sound of <laughs> bands for james gang you know yeah. so it blew my mind like that whole so he's getting out there he's performing and stuff but I would love to see him do another project. I mean, he did that song um, last year with his daughter that I love. Yeah. Like, she's got an amazing way. I could see it with, I always fuck his name, Kirk Novoselic. Novoselic. Novoselic, yeah. So they all three got together and made that song together, and I was, like, really impressed. Like, there's actually, 
Eddie Vedder did something with his daughter on that soundtrack, and it was really good. And then Chris Cornell's daughter just they released last year, the year before the song he did with her uh, on Nothing Compares to You. Right. So it's kind of neat to see these daughters now that from these guys, these rock guys, come out with these albums. But I don't. I mean, he's the sky's the limit. You know, I, I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see what he does. You, you talk about a guy that loves music so much. You know. Like to me, like Jack White, you know, like these these guys that just love music so much, and they they try to put people out there that are not known, and try to make them popular. Like the girl drummer that they made popular, Nanny Bushnell. Yes, the little twelve year old girl on amazing. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like stuff like that that blows my mind. And then date uh, Pearl Jam when um, Matt Cameron got sick. Um, Olivia Vetter, his daughter, had a friend who was in high school, who was a great drummer, and they brought him out, and he performed some songs and stuff when Matt Cameron was sick. But so Greg, did, Greg will do the same thing. He'd bring people up to sing. Yeah. Whatever, he had that one guitar player come up. Uh, I can't remember which track he did, but um, he was Everlong or whatever, but he wound up being a really good young guitar player, and he took advantage of it and was running the stage and everything, and uh-huh. Dave just sang, let the guy go crazy, but yeah. he was amazing. He did a really good job. Even though he was being silly, he still played very well. I love when great. they can fuel the fire of these you know, young musicians and let them you know, you know, do your thing. Yeah. Keep live music alive. You know, if anything comes down to this podcast, is like live music is where it's at. You know, and it's a, it's when if you can get out and see it, and you can get out and do it, make it make an effort. You know, you know, and I love like hearing feedback from some great you know albums that are out there and stuff like that too. So you know, get get a hold of me through this podcast. But I'm looking forward this Wednesday seeing a show with Mr. McCree. We're gonna go see the South Park 25th anniversary with Primus and Wayne. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to see a show with you again. I'm looking forward to going to see Wasp in, I think it's December, they're coming to town. Yeah. Because I never got to see them, and Blackie is getting up there as well. <laughs> but I want to see that show just because, I mean, it's one of those random things. That would be pretty know. awesome. Well, some of these older bands are coming back around and touring. Like, we were talking about Nitsareb real quick. They they came on, on tour just recently, a uh, few months back. And <laughs> the, I'm laughing because they have a great song that starts off... Where is the youth? Is the is, yeah. the is the talking track of the of the song, mm-hmm. and you can imagine the singer looking out, going, "Where is the youth?" Because everybody in the crowd is like 40, <laughs> 40 plus. You know, we're all yeah. we're all in our forties and fifties, and you know, and of this, you know. But they still put on a great show. They were still an excellent live band. Still played very well. Um, so it was very very fun. Um, Shailene went and saw the Cult recently, and they said they were still really good. And, yeah. you know, there's some of these bands that. Are still out there doing it, or coming back to do it, just for whatever because reason. Of, you know? Well, because they went through this whole thing, knowing that it could have been all over for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were all in that you know mentality of like, live your greatest life, and that's what I want from anybody. You know, is yeah. I, I don't know. We we can do a whole other episode on this too. Of uh, I have a saying is for me is past the point of relevance where bands continue to put out new music when they don't really need to, and it and nobody really wants it. And I don't want to knock these videos you know, because mm-hmm. they're artists, and that's that's what they do. Yeah. But I mean, there's bands out there, you, and you can, you know, even if you're fans, you go, "Ooh, that's not your strongest effort, guys." You know, so you yeah. kind of, so yeah. just kind of like, go ahead and do what you're going to enjoy do. it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they're just going out there to have fun. Now, you know, you can. There's been a few handful of shows where I've seen where like, you know, they're uh, phoning it in. Phoning it in. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, come on. You know, you're like. You know, you can call them the worst shows or whatever. I'm not going to call those people out because it's like, whatever. You know, you know who you are. 
But when they when an artist definitely does enjoy what they do and they perform it out there and you know talking about Jeremy and talking about the, you know the situation with the band he went and saw live naked and that whole experience, yeah. like stuff like that. Like when you can just take a moment when it's just for, for what it is, then make the best of it. There's gonna be something coming out here in September that I'm gonna go see also, and I want to make a side note because this is something you guys maybe not know, is that the biggest band alternative band that has come out this year that not a lot of people know about that has blown up quite a bit they're going to be playing at the Westward Music Festival here in September and they're from Europe and if you get a chance check them out and they're called Wet Leg and it's a girl duo that has a backup um, guitarist and drummer with them but they're the main band the two girls and you talk about where's that Nirvana at where's that I'm not trying to put them in that category, but this when I heard this album for the first time, it blew me away. It was one of these like wow that, but it's girls like being honest about relationships with guys, and it's got kind of a semi-punk feel, but like pop feel to it too, and it's fun. Like and the audience is growing and growing. And I've been watching them from the beginning of when this album came out to the, them playing the festival circuit in Europe and now here and their audience is growing and you getting people singing back to them and, that's they're a, that's and this exciting is their first you, year yeah it's exciting when you discover a band and they're just starting out yeah. um, Jeremy introduced me to uh, Volbeat because he was in when oh, yeah. first, when they first, he was the first hit and now obviously they're a household name or mostly a household name mm-hmm. I guess because they have some hits on the radio but it's great when you first discover um, I have friends of, who were big fans of Muse when they first came yeah. out and they weren't really well known and now they've grown into this international band you yeah. know and I brought that up in episode 50 I think it was and that is Muse is the biggest band that the United States does not know about in my opinion like they are so fucking huge outside of here and the venues they play here versus the stadiums they play overseas and uh, different countries oh yeah no i saw live uh something on i don't know what channel it was recently but i saw a live performance of theirs and they were playing some huge outdoor festival Mm -hmm. or something this huge thing and it was you know like oh my god and the the crowd was into it i'm like that's a massive place for them to play because you said they play big places here but not to that extent. Yes. You know, so they're much bigger in Europe than they are here. So they're going to be here, like you said, right? Are they coming? Muse? Yeah, I know they're playing Chicago. A friend of mine told me about that. I'm not sure, but I would definitely see them. They're, yeah. they're a good band. I yeah. like them a lot. But that, it's funny, but I said, but it's funny when you get into somebody and the next thing you know, they kind of take off. Yes. Well, Rumstein was a good example yes. of that because mm-hmm. we first, first heard them on the uh, Lost Highway soundtrack, the two tracks on that. Yeah, and we got excited, and we started. We saw them live, and then, 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 um, Senzuk came out, which was excellent. And I happened, and then I was lucky enough to find an import copy of uh, Herzlite, also a phenomenal album. And their new album Zeit, for yeah. those fans out there, yeah. love it. It's an excellent album. I yeah. Love it a lot. I uh, side note again, you made me think of that because you said Lost Highway, Trent Reznor, Lost Highway, is I saw it. It was on Netflix, and so I was like, I have not watched this. And who knows how many years. And I remember it was overplayed even when it was out. And I watched it the other night. And the soundtrack, I know it's still like one of those soundtracks that I think I even put it in there that was one of my favorite soundtracks. Was Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like hearing just, they were using just the music from the slow song on Pretty Hate Machine. Um, and so they're using it in something the back. Something I never had. Yeah. Something yes, I can never yes. have. Something yeah. yes. And they're using it in the background as yes. um, 
emotion music. They're using it for yeah. like, and I'm like, it's blowing my mind. And then listening to Leonard Cohen and um, listening to L7 and like all this different, like it was like watching a movie and, and all its chaos. Cause that movie to me is like, you're talking about an early de- depiction of what things kind of are like now as far as like <laughs> fame, fame. Yeah. yeah, look at me, look at me, look at me, and look yeah, at what I'm doing, true. all the crazy shit I'm doing. I used to describe that movie to people as you don't watch it, it attacks your face. Yes. Yeah. When it came out. That's good. Because that's the way it was designed. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the director um, wanted it to be. And uh, mm-hmm. Juliette Lewis and Woody Harrelson's performances are just, they're in your face. Yes. It's not, it's, you don't really watch it, that movie attacks you. Yeah. And to use like, a comedy element to deal with like rape and incest with Rodney Dangerfield and yes. shit watching that movie like yeah. oh my god I'm like watching this going there's no way this movie would be made today like it would yeah. probably like get a lot of like controversy because oh, of it oh sure but then they use different cinematic film in the movie too like different grains of film and different styles of film and animation and I'm like this is a piece of art in a lot of ways because the music the performance and the filming of it to, like I'm gonna go back to get it, and then watching it, and just like they're interviewing people, like why do you, why are you supporting, Mal- you know, um, Mickey, and Mallory. Mickey and Mallory? And it was because, because of just what they're doing, you know, and it's just because it was, it was popular, you know, yeah. and and that's what I started thinking about. Is like with TikTok and Instagram, and Snapchat, and, and and just reality TV in general. From that moment, from that sh- movie to now, wow. They talk about the picking the time and not, you know, to picking how things were going to turn out. Right. It's it's mind blowing. So I, if you get a chance, haven't seen it in a while, check it out. But I love the how it made me feel when that, you know, something I never could have came on because I love that song, and I felt that moment in that movie that I didn't realize maybe I didn't at that moment in time when I saw that movie because when I watched it again, I was like, I really felt like. You know, because here are these two individuals who are fucked up and, like, had fucked up lives and are doing fucked up shit. And you can sit there and say, you know, whatever, but that's the way, I mean, with, with the mass shootings and with, you know, all the shit that's going on in the world, it, it, it kind of got to me, man. I watched this movie, like, this is a fucked up movie, but this is depicting, like, society in a lot of ways, I felt like, when I watched it. Well, music can make a particular scene. I mean, that's why it's important, like, James Gunn does it with the... Um Guardians of the Galaxy movies, mm-hmm. using uh, music to a certain effect. Tarantino's amazing at that. He's, yes. brought, back, he's brought back a lot of great uh, classic rock because of what he's used in mm-hmm. his movies. Um, there's a movie that didn't get a lot of attention, but I really like. It's called, uh, it's a remake of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. With, um, oh, and, it's a uh, great movie. Well, I, I love that. Yeah. What's the name? The Ben Stiller version of it. Yeah. I mean, granted, the, the original... Which one Danny Kaye is back in the day? Um, you never see, you haven't seen it. Uh-huh. I haven't seen either. It's, it's yeah. very, it's, it's a very kind of soft, subtle movie. Um, and it's a used, good piece of art. It is a good piece of art, and they use and they use music to good effect in that. And there's a great sequence in this movie where he's in Iceland and he has to get down down into town from up above, and he's on a skateboard on a longboard technically, and they play this music as he starts skating down this long winding road by himself and they have this music in the background um, another uh, same kind of same similar thing Forrest Gump was the same thing when yes. he's doing his jogging and he's jogging out in the middle of the Running. road and they use yeah. different you know, pieces Jackson of music Brown, right, on yeah MC, exactly all different pieces yeah. it keeps you running from the Doobie Brothers yeah. Michael McDonald you know the, the great yeah. vocal there um, those kind of things I mean that's you know some directors use music to great effect yes. to cause that that feeling you had with this Nine Inch Nails track. Yeah, you know? and I and that's 
It's a noble other podcast. We can do that with you guys too. But, um, you could do many, many podcasts with this group because, uh, yeah. listen, because of our vast music knowledge. And yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys for doing this today, and I'm looking forward to doing many more. This, to me, is what it's all about. Is it's the story of our life, our music, but it's also the story of our friendships too. Yes, it's you know. true. That's what brought us together, and it's what kind of got us where we are. And I mean, music is still very important to me. We we're talking about how we don't. Um, put on a record or you know like we used to back in the day when we were younger music was always on whether we were at home or at work or whatever and I have to admit as, as growing up as older I don't do it as much it's kind of very transitory mm-hmm. like listen like Jeremy said earlier as soon as he gets in the car he puts on music or music's on I, I'm the yeah, same way, same way music, yeah. but music is a um, it's a necessary thing for me whether I'm watching it on TV or having it on, on, my, on my computer whatever um, and so that's why I like I'm, it's nice that I have the availability and I'm allowed to listen to music at work now I only listen, I'm only able to listen to it when I'm at my desk which isn't a lot but I mean I still have it on and it's great to be able to go and you know, have those things you know because yeah. uh, I mean, life is better with music there's a, there's a good quote <laughs> <laughs> yes music is life yes yeah. I agree with that yeah. I would tend to agree <laughs> oh, thank you for your approval, sir. Yes, exactly. No, but I, it's, it's true. I do. I mean, that's yeah. um, as we as as our lives have changed. Uh, we have different uh, different priorities and different addictions and different yes. things we find important. Mm-hmm. Um, music, music has been the constant since I was very young, and it still is. Yeah, it's the love of it that keeps us. And moving it's nice forward. that I can I can impart those things down to my daughter. Um, who and influence her her taste in music, but she has found her own as well. That's what's nice. Didn't she turn you on anything? A band called Mother Mother, mm-hmm. who we're going to go see in October. Um, which is one of the few. I mean, she's been to a couple shows, but not many like official shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's gotten to see uh, Joan Jett yeah. uh, live. Uh, she got to see Smash Mouth, and mm-hmm. uh, but that's one of my favorite. I'll do a real quick one before we end here. One of my favorite experiences. We saw them at the Taste of Colorado, which is our you know. Food and, food, and, food and music festival here in, mm-hmm. in Colorado. Um, and we were watching Smash Mouth, and she looks at me and she's like, Dad, I want to get close. So for her and I like rushed the stage, and that, that, was, that was a fun moment for us. Yeah. It's one of the first times where, you know, usually, you know, they, she wants to hang back, or you know, you know how kids are, they don't want to yeah. be in the, you know, they don't want to be surrounded by all these crazy adults. But she looks at me and she's like, I want to get close. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And we, her and I rushed and got really right up, right up against the stage. And yeah. Her and you know, jumping up and down and really enjoying herself as, yeah. as a music fan of her own in her own right. I thought that was great. I really enjoyed that. Great father-daughter <laughs> moment. It was. It still is. <laughs> that's awesome. I love hearing shit like that. I know. It's, 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 it's really it's, is. Like, that's, to me, is like you're passing on like this baton of like that same emotions you love to them. So... And she's finding as I said she's finding it for herself just like yeah. we were talking about our, you know, our, those influences from our parents and our grandparents whatever but we find our own way and whether it's you know I, my, my love of um, Iron Maiden and uh, Rainbow came from a friend of mine in high school saying yeah. hey you know, you know about these bands and I'm like oh, oh hell yeah and turning me on to those things and until I have a lifelong you know musical obsession mm-hmm. over those things you know yeah. the things I carried with me and still carry to this day you know because yeah. it's like I try to impart I taught taught my daughter the, the heavy metal holy trinity you know mm-hmm. so I asked her what is that and she's like and she has to stop and think about it but it's Black Sabbath <laughs> Judas Priest and ACDC you know? yeah and I and I love when I hear somebody talk so compassionate about it and like you pat like I'm bringing it up again passing that baton on you know that's going to open up who knows what kind of floodgates in their emotions in their life because 
that's something that, you know, when you're in your car alone and, or when you're listening with your headphones alone and you're dealing with those moments and when somebody turned you on to something and you know that it emotionally impacts you is, it's a great feeling to have. I mean, there's so many music that, there's so much music that you guys have turned me on to. There's so much music that my family has turned me on to and, and other friends that I, I consider it an energy. There's this energy that flows in and out of us. And when you pass this stuff on, it, it, it produces this great feeling out there. That's why I created this podcast because, you know, during the pandemic, it was one of these things where it was like we needed to find something to really appreciate and love. And to me, it's always been music since, the, you know, I was a child and had my first stereo and headphones. So thank you guys for, you know, doing this with me. And, you know, thank you for giving me your stories. And I hope people enjoy this. And I hope that, you know, we can pass it on to other people and, you know, feel some kind of uh, emotion with them. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. There you have it, folks. Jeremy, Jack, and myself going down that rabbit hole of music. There'll be many more to come with them. We're actually getting ready to set up our next sit-down conversation here very soon. So hopefully you'll hear that within the next month. I would like to take a few minutes to talk about the shows that I went to over the summer. And how, let's just say, this has probably been the best summer of music since I can remember. Definitely since my 20s. I've been to many shows this year. And all of them have been bands that I've been wanting to see or see really bad again. So, without any further ado, I'd like to start with the first show I went to earlier this year was Galactic. And Galactic, in case you don't know who they are, they're a jam jazz band that come from New Orleans that has an amazing drummer called Stanton Moore. They're always coming through the Colorado area in some form or way, mostly opening up for bands. Uh, Staten actually performed with Les Claypool and his Jazz Bastards over the summer. I wish I would have been able to catch that. Hopefully there'll be another time. I did get to catch Galactic though in earlier March. Blew me away like they always do. It was one of the first like after COVID shows so it was a little odd but it was great to get those vibes back again being in the live show experience. So check them out if you get a chance. If you like jazz music with horns and good vocals and an R&B jam band kind of sound, please check them out. The next show was my first show since I've moved back at Red Rocks, and that was Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, which was on May 3rd. Jason was in the band Drive-By Truckers, and he is also the husband of Amanda Shires, who is in the Highway Women. If you don't know who they are, check them out. Um, they were both here, though, at the Red Rock show, and it was a little cold, a little rainy. The show, though, was everything I would hope it was. I was originally supposed to see them back in Moline, Illinois, but it did not happen because of COVID, and the show was rescheduled in November of 2021, which I passed those tickets on to some good folks that I know. But I was able to make up for that show by seeing them in the best place I think in my opinion to go see a live show there is many out there that are pretty good but if you have not been to Red Rocks you must go to Red Rocks 
The other show I went to at Red Rocks that followed that one was with Mr. McCree, and that was the South Park 25th anniversary show. That show was, wow, funny, good time. Primus and Ween were with them, and then we had a surprise performance by one of the best rock bands of all time, Rush. Me and him were in awe when that happened, and it was a great time. I hope to do many more shows with Jeremy. We uh, went into some shows when we were in our 20s. The one I remember the most um, with him was going to see Mark Knopfler. We'll uh, definitely dive more into that, I'm sure, on a one-on-one conversation with him. The other Red Rock show, the one that blew all those ones away, pretty much one of the top Red Rock shows I've seen, not the top, but one of the top, was Nine Inch Nails. Oh my God. It was like reliving my youth. It was one of these shows where it was just an awe also. I'm using that word quite a bit, but I, I was just, it was a great feeling to be at that show. I was at that show with my cousin Lori. Thanks to her, I was able to go to that show through um, some friends of hers. Just an amazing time. I I didn't even know where to begin. The the set list was amazing. The songs from uh, the album, Broken, was what I wanted to hear. And there was a majority of those songs that were were, uh, played. And I was just just amazed. I'm looking forward to many more shows at Red Rocks in the near future. And hoping to do some with some of my family and friends. Already got some ideas going on. So I look very forward to that in the future. So then... I've been to three shows at the Ball Arena here. That is the arena that they use for the Nuggets, the Avalanche, and also for the Mammoth. The first show I was able to see there was one of my bucket list, and that was The Killers. The Killers is one of these bands that came out in early 2000 that I have been just thoroughly impressed with since their first album so to be able to finally see them and to hear the song that i've been wanting to hear live for so long when we were young i consider it one of my top songs of all time to hear it live finally was an emotional experience Um, it was great being at that show hearing all the audience sing along that was one of the shows out of a lot of the shows i've been to this summer where when you get the audience singing along to the point where they're almost taking over the whole song, it's pretty freaking cool. They also just have this energy and presence about them where you can tell they love to play live. Brandon Flowers, the lead singer, is perhaps one of the best frontmen that has come out here in the last few years. The follow-up to the next show at the Ball Arena was somebody I got to see for the second time. Let me tell you, the second time was even better than the first. Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. One of the best stage setups I've ever seen at any concert up to this point. Just mind-blowing. The the amount of technique and time that it took to create this stage show is just epic. If you get a chance, go check it out. If you're a Pink Floyd fan, you're going to love it. I went with a good friend of mine on that show who I'm very thankful for getting us tickets to that i am um, very much like when you can take 
your friends to a show. And I am very fortunate to been able to go to a lot of free shows this year. And I cannot thank my friends enough for inviting me to these shows that they invited me to. The experience with a friend is is amazing. The, the joy you get, the singing along, all of it is just an amazing feeling. And I recommend it to anybody to go to a show with somebody that means a lot to you. And you will have a great experience. Now, another great experience to have when you do go to a live show is to make new friends. And I was very fortunate once again to make some new friends at a Pearl Jam show. This Pearl Jam show I've been waiting to go to for over two years. It was canceled due to the pandemic. And I was going to originally fly out from Illinois to Denver to go see this show. But during this time, I have moved back here. So I was able to get there early enough to wait in line and meet some new friends and wait to get some gear. And I want to shout out to Tom, Jason, Josh, and Jennifer, um, some new people I met during the show and had such a great time with. And hopefully um, we'll make some lifetime friends out of that situation. Now, the show itself was perhaps one of the top Pearl Jam shows out of all the Pearl Jam shows I've been to. And this was the 12th show I've been to for them. I have been very fortunate to see them as many times as I have. And this one was, let me tell you, a go-getter. It was the final show for this 2022 tour. And they went balls out. Here's the set list for you. So they had intro music from Cat Power before they came out. And the first song they led into was Long Road. And one of my favorite albums is Verses. So I got to hear Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town, which was just beautiful. Then he went into a song they haven't played the entire 2022 tour. And both these songs were not. And that was Thin Air, which was appropriate being in Denver. And then everybody's favorite, Just Breathe. They haven't played Just Breathe until their previous tour. Then they went into Present Tense and a cover of Interstellar Overdrive by Pink Floyd. Another great staple came up next with Corduroy. Spin the Black Circle, a cover of Uncle Neil's Throw Your Hatred Down. One of my all-time favorites, Given the Fly. Whoever Said, which during that song, believe it or not, somebody um, had to get pulled out by a medic during that song and they stopped the song midway through and uh, made sure that they were okay. And I thought that was really awesome of them to do that. Another great moment at the show was when Eddie pointed out this lady who had this sparkly shirt and went on and had a conversation with her uh, during that show, which was funny. Um, and later gave her a tambourine towards the end of the show, which was really nice of him. Um, during whoever said, though, back at that, they uh, did a little satisfaction by the Stones in there with an intermix with that. Even Flow was up next, the classic Even Flow, which I love. Dance of the Clairvoyance, which was from the new album Gigaton. River Cross, which Eddie came out on and played piano. 
another song from Gigaton. And then they played Save You, went into Better Man, which had a little bit of a melody from Save It For Later by The Beat. And then they went into another cover of Wayne Cochran's Last Kiss, which they played to my side of the crowd. I was in the back about nine rows up, which was pretty freaking stellar. Then they went into Faithful and Lucan, and then went right into one of the best freaking songs ever, Rear View Mirror. And let me tell you, Mike McCready was on point that night. He's just an amazing guitarist and just jammed his heart out. And that solo during that whole thing was awesome. And that's how they ended that set until they went into the encore. Eddie came out and um, dedicated to um, past victims of gun violence, especially the kids at Sandy Hook. I won't back down. If you get a chance on YouTube, check it out. It's a heartbreaking story he tells. And then we went into, because it was the anniversary, I think it was, it's been over 30 years since the Mother Love Bone album came out, which had Stone and Jeff in the band. And they went into Chloe Dancer and Crown of Thorns, which was just freaking awesome. Kicked right into the song Alive, went up even a bigger notch and did a cover of The Who's, Baba O'Reilly. And the members of Thunder Pussy came out, which was just awesome. There's some really cool photos of that also online. And then they uh, ended with Yellow Leadbetter. Let me tell you, though, every time I go to a Pearl Jam show, I have a religious experience. They're, to me, one of the best live bands that are out there. I'm very fortunate to see them in Wrigley Field and other places. I do highly recommend if you ever get a chance to see them. Everybody that went to that show for the first time that I talked to said it was one of the best shows they ever saw. And it was definitely one of the best shows they've ever done because everybody's been just talking about it on social media since the show. There's a lot of cool videos and footage I posted up. To me, they're they're my band. I love them. They're they're great. I have a lot of favorite bands, but they're the favorite band that I have. They're the only band that I've been in a fan club since I was uh, a teenager. Get a chance to check out Pearl Jam. You might be a while. Eddie's going on solo tour, and I know they're going to be doing their other projects for now. But we're hoping for a Wrigley Field appearance again next year, or a Chicago show for that matter. So we will see. So there's been some other shows I went to over the summer. I went and saw, because of my friends, I got to see two different bands, one with my good friend Doug and Pat. We got to see Sleep at the Mission Ballroom. Another show I got to see at Mission Ballroom with Mr. McCree was Pussifer. Mission Ballroom is definitely going to be one of these venues where I'm going to go to heading there a lot more. There's a show coming up with members of Radiohead, The Smile, which is going to be coming out pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to that show. Um, there's also a Jane's Addiction and Smashing Pumpkins show coming up. And I think I might go see Nathaniel Radcliffe and Mr. Marcus Munford at the Ball Arena. So still a lot more shows to come, still a lot more that I don't know what I'm going to go to until that time comes. I look very forward to it. I love my live show experience. I love being here in Denver and Colorado. I love the going with my friends and making new friends. Music is the heart and soul of what we do, folks. Um, and it makes our days better when we get to experience, I truly believe. So, with that being said, I would love for you to reach out to me. And how you can do that is getting through social media outlets and email. And my email is 
ozomatfan87 at gmail.com. That is ozomatfan87 at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of me through Facebook at musicmadeseeds at facebook.com. I also have a Instagram. I have two Instagrams, in fact. Uh, one's more music-oriented, one's more family-oriented, but you can get a hold of me through Johnny Evans or John Evans through either one of those. The TikTok is Johnny Come Lately, so that will be the TikTok. I use a lot of promotion for that for the show, and I actually hear through a lot of people through there. And, uh, well, if you want to get a hold of me, get a hold of me. I would love that. I also got some uh, up-and-coming conversations to record with some artists that have reached out to me. When that time comes, you will know. I want to thank for everybody that has reached out and the amount of streams I've gotten in the last few months especially have boomed up quite a bit. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it very much. Make sure you hit the subscribe button at the bottom. That way um, whenever there's an episode downloaded you have it. And uh, I also have a Patreon. You can find that on any of my social media outlets. Would love the support to keep this thing going and to uh, eventually create some merch for you guys. Let me know if you want to know more by getting hold of me through any of those sites. And until next time, folks, please, 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 please do your best to take care of each other out there. This is your host, Johnny. This is Music Seeds. Until next time. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us.